The oaks were peaceful, a surprise. Liv had expected, when she and Creedmoor and the general first struck out west beyond the valley, that they would be walking into growing chaos and horror. And, indeed, there had been bad days, as they climbed through broken hills with ditches and ravines that ran with what smelled like blood and looked like bile, as they forced their way through thick yellow grass, among which hid huge black ticks that beat like a heart, as they struggled through forests of bamboo and mangrove, and trees that had no name but were nightmarishly immense, their branches riddled with hollows like big city tenement blocks, in which lived golden-furred monkeys that Creedmoor pronounced good eating, but screamed like children when he shot them and trees whose hollows were fleshy and vulval. And they had climbed cold, rocky slopes into windy heights, and camped for a night watching the stars fall and wheel and deliquesce in waves of green and blue that surged like a sea. The western lights, Creedmoor had said, or the western sea toward which we are heading. Sea, sky, land, day, night, indistinguishable, not yet separated where creation begins, or maybe hasn't happened yet. How many explorers have come this far? Not many. One day we may come to the shore and make our stand there against the line, under the light of its mad energy. They should write a poem about us. Then Liv and the General had caught a fever, and Creedmoor reluctantly let them stop for three full days, and Liv thought she might die, but didn't. When they were strong enough to move on, they went down again into forests, and soon they were among the oaks, which were peaceful and beautiful, and still and silent as a library, and restful, and seemed to go on forever, day after day, perhaps all the way to the ocean. So the western wilderness resisted her expectations again.